Welcome to Quantum Magazine's Science Podcast. Come for the science, stay for the stories. For news, interviews, videos, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org. This week on the podcast, two stories about Nick Hudd, one of the scientists challenging the RNA worldview of the origins of life. In our first story, HUD's research points to a possible form of pre-Darwinian evolution in the chemical soup of early Earth. Then in a story from our archives, his lab tries to recreate how the building blocks of life may have come together to form RNA. First, How to Build Life in a Pre-Darwinian World by Emily Singer. How did life's myriad parts come together? At a minimum, the first life forms on Earth needed a way to store information and replicate. Only then could they make copies of themselves and spread across the world. One of the most influential hypotheses states that it all began with RNA, a molecule that can both record genetic blueprints and trigger chemical reactions. The RNA world hypothesis comes in many forms, but the most traditional holds that life started with the formation of an RNA molecule capable of replicating itself. Its descendants evolved the ability to perform an array of tasks, such as making new compounds and storing energy. In time, complex life followed. However, scientists have found it surprisingly challenging to create self-replicating RNA in the lab. Researchers have had some success, but the candidate molecules they have manufactured to date can only replicate certain sequences or a certain length of RNA. Moreover, these RNA molecules are themselves quite complicated, raising the question of how they might have formed through chance chemical means. Georgia Tech chemist Nick Hudd and his collaborators are looking beyond biology to the role of chemistry in the development of life. Perhaps before biology arose, there was a preliminary stage of proto-life, in which chemical processes alone created a smorgasbord of RNAs, or RNA-like molecules. I think there were a lot of steps before you got to a self-replicating, self-sustaining system, Hud said. In this scenario, a variety of RNA-like molecules could form spontaneously, helping the chemical pool to simultaneously invent many of the parts needed for life to emerge. Proto-life forms experimented with primitive molecular machinery, sharing their parts. The entire system worked like a giant community swap meet. Only once the system was established could a self-replicating RNA emerge. At the heart of HUD's proposal is a chemical means for generating a rich diversity of proto-life. Computer simulations show that certain chemical conditions can produce a varied collection of RNA-like molecules, and the team is currently testing the idea with real molecules in the lab. They hope to publish the results soon. HUD's group is leading the way for a number of researchers who are challenging the traditional RNA world hypothesis and its reliance on biological rather than chemical evolution. In the traditional model, new molecular machinery was created using biological catalysts, known as enzymes, as is the case in modern cells. In HUD's proto-life stage, myriad RNA or RNA-like molecules could form and change through purely chemical means. 
Chemical evolution could have helped life get started without enzymes, Hud said. Hud and his collaborators have taken this idea one step further, suggesting that the ribosome, the only piece of biological machinery that is found in all living things today, emerged through chemistry alone. That's an unconventional thought to many in the field who think that the ribosome was born of biology. If Hud's team can create proto-life forms under conditions that might have existed on the early Earth, it would suggest that chemical evolution may have played a much more significant role in the origins of life than scientists expected. Maybe there was some simpler form of evolution that preceded Darwinian evolution, said Niles Lehman, a biochemist at Portland State University in Oregon. When most people think about evolution, they think about Darwinian evolution, in which organisms compete with one another for limited resources and pass on genetic information to their offspring. Each generation undergoes genetic tweaks, and the most successful progeny survive to pass along their own genes. That mode of evolution dominates life today. Carl Woese, a renowned biologist who gave us the modern tree of life, believed that the Darwinian era was preceded by an early phase of life governed by very different evolutionary forces. Woese thought it would have been nearly impossible for an individual cell to spontaneously come up with everything it needed for life, so he envisioned a rich diversity of molecules engaged in a communal existence. Rather than competing with each other, primitive cells shared the molecular innovations they invented. Together, the pre-Darwinian pool created the components needed for complex life, priming the early Earth for the emergence of the magnificent menagerie we see today. Hud's model takes Woe's pre-Darwinian vision even further back in time, providing a chemical means for producing the molecular diversity that primitive cells needed. One proto-life form might have developed a way to make the building blocks it needed to make more of itself while another might have found a way to harvest energy. The model differs from the traditional RNA world hypothesis in its reliance on chemical rather than biological evolution. According to RNA world, the first RNA molecules replicated themselves using a built-in enzyme called a ribozyme that was made of RNA. In HUD's proto-life world, that task is accomplished through purely chemical means. The story begins with a chemical soup of RNA-like molecules. Most of these would have been short, as short strands are more likely to form spontaneously, but a few longer, more complex molecules might have come together as well. HUD's model describes how the longer molecules might have replicated without the aid of an enzyme. In HUD's vision of a prebiotic world, the primordial RNA soup underwent regular cycles of heating and cooling in a thick, viscous solution. Heat separated the bound pairs of RNA, and the viscous solution kept the separated molecules apart for a while. In the interim, small segments of RNA, just a few letters in length, stuck to each long strand. The small segments eventually got sewn together, forming a new strand of RNA that matched the original long strand. The cycle then began again. Over time, a pool of varied RNA-like molecules would have accumulated, some of them capable of simple functions such as metabolism. And just like that, purely chemical reactions would have produced the molecular diversity needed to create Woe's pre-Darwinian cornucopia of protolife. 
HUD's team has been able to carry out the first stages of the replication process in the laboratory, although they can't yet glue together the short segments without resorting to biological tools. If they can get over that hurdle, they'll have created a versatile way of replicating any RNA that pops up. Yet some scientists are skeptical that chemically-mediated replication could work well enough to produce the pre-Darwinian world HUD describes. I don't know whether I believe it, said Paul Higgs, a biophysicist at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, who studies the origins of life. It would have to be sufficiently accurate and rapid to pass on the sequence. That is, it would need to produce new RNAs more quickly than they broke down, and with enough fidelity to create near copies of the template molecule. Chemical change on its own wouldn't have been enough to trigger the emergence of life. The pool of proto-life would also have needed some kind of selection to make sure that useful molecules succeeded and multiplied. In their model, HUD's team proposes that very simple proto-enzymes might have spread if they did something helpful for their maker and the larger community. For example, an RNA molecule that made more of its own building blocks would benefit itself and its neighbors by providing additional raw materials for replication. In computer simulations that HUD's team performed, this type of molecule did indeed take root. If a sequence comes along that does something useful, it can then be enriched in the pool, HUD said. One possible glimpse of the pre-Darwinian world can be seen in the ribosome, an ancient piece of molecular machinery that lies at the heart of our genetic code. It is the enzyme that translates RNA, which encodes genetic information into proteins, which carry out the many chemical reactions in our cells. The core of the ribosome is made of RNA. This feature makes the ribosome unique. The vast majority of enzymes in our cells are made from proteins. Both the ribosomal core and the genetic code are shared among all living things, suggesting that they were present very early in the evolution of life, perhaps before it crossed the Darwinian threshold. Hud and his collaborator Lauren Williams, also at Georgia Tech, point to the ribosome as support for their chemically dominated world. In a paper published last year, they made the controversial proposal that the core of the ribosome was created via chemical evolution. They also suggested that it arose before the first self-replicating RNA molecule. Perhaps the ribosomal core was a successful experiment in chemical evolution, they said. And after it took root in the pre-Darwinian soup, it crossed the Darwinian threshold and became an essential part of all life. Their argument centers on the relative simplicity of the ribosomal core, more formally known as the peptidyl transferase center, or PTC. The PTC's job is to bring together amino acids, the building blocks of proteins. Unlike traditional enzymes, which speed up chemical reactions by using fancy chemical tricks, as Lehman put it, it works almost like a dehydrator. It coaxes two amino acids to bond simply by removing a molecule of water. It's kind of a poor way to drive a reaction, Lehman said. Protein enzymes typically rely on more powerful chemical strategies. Lehman notes that simplicity likely preceded power in the earliest stages of life. When thinking about the origins of life, you have to think about simple chemistry first. Any process with simple chemistry is probably going to be ancient, he said. 
I think that's more powerful evidence than the fact that it's shared among all life. Despite the powerful evidence, it's still hard to imagine how the ribosomal core could have been created by chemical evolution. An enzyme that makes more of itself, like the replicator RNA of the RNA world hypothesis, automatically creates a feedback loop, continually boosting its own production. By contrast, the ribosomal core doesn't produce more ribosomal cores. It produces random chains of amino acids. It's unclear how this process would encourage the production of more ribosomes. Why would making random peptides make that thing better, Higgs said. Hud and his collaborators proposed that RNA and proteins evolved in tandem, and those that figured out how to work together survived best. This idea lacks the simplicity of the RNA world, which posits a single molecule capable of both encoding information and catalyzing chemical reactions. But Hud suggests that facility might trump elegance in the emergence of life. I think there's been an overemphasis on what we call simplicity. That one polymer is simpler than two, he said. Maybe it's easier to get certain reactions going if two polymers work together. Maybe it's simple for polymers to work together from the start. Second, Chemists Seek Possible Precursor to RNA by Emily Singer. For Georgia Tech chemist Nick Hudd, the turning point came in July of 2012 when two of his students rushed into his office with a tiny tube of gel. The contents, which looked like a blob of lemon jello, represented the fruits of a 20-year effort to construct something that looked like life from the cacophony of chemicals that were available on the early Earth. To some biochemists, Hud's attempts to find an evolutionary precursor to ribonucleic acid may have seemed a fool's errand. The dominant theory to explain the origins of life, known as the RNA world hypothesis, regards ribonucleic acid as the first biological molecule. Its allure comes from the molecule's dual nature. Unlike DNA, the molecule that provides the blueprint for all living things, RNA acts as both an information carrier and an enzyme, catalyzing reactions. That means the molecule has the potential to copy itself and to pass along its genetic code. Two essential components for Darwinian evolution. If RNA was indeed the first biological molecule, discovering how it first formed would illuminate the birth of life. The basic building blocks of RNA were available on prebiotic Earth, but chemists, including HUD, have spent years trying to assemble them into an RNA molecule with little success. About 15 years ago, HUD grew frustrated with that search and decided to explore an alternative idea. Perhaps the first biological molecule was not RNA, but a precursor that possessed similar characteristics and could more easily assemble itself from prebiotic ingredients. Perhaps RNA evolved from this more ancient molecule, just as DNA evolved from RNA. HUD's team started exploring this idea explicitly a decade ago, when the gel formed in 2012 after the testing of dozens of chemicals, HUD's team knew it had made a significant advance in the chemistry of a possible proto-RNA world. 
After years of failed attempts, a surprisingly simple chemical recipe had produced a conglomerate of long ribbon-like molecules whose structure and chemical components resembled those of RNA. HUD immediately asked the students to recite the protocol they had used for the reaction, scribbling it down as they spoke. I wanted to be sure that we would always remember how they had obtained the end product by such a simple procedure, he said. In December 2013, the results were published in the Journal of the American Chemical Society. In my opinion, nothing like this has been seen before, said Stephen Freeland, a biologist at the University of Maryland who was not involved in the study. Although he isn't certain that the chemicals HUD picked will end up being the precise components of proto-RNA, Freeland said HUD has made conceptual progress. HUD isn't the first scientist to explore an alternative chemistry for RNA, but the robustness of his reaction is unique. The molecules seem to seek one another out, reacting without a lot of chemical coaxing. HUD and others say this ease of creation is essential for reactions to have taken place in the chaotic chemical cauldron of early Earth. Before this, people just didn't focus on the real-world situation, Freeland said. We need something so robust that no matter what the situation is, it will still happen. HUD's team is now testing whether its reactions will work in a messy mix of molecules more analogous to the primordial soup. HUD's chemistry and the concept of proto-RNA in general still faces hurdles. His molecule possesses a polymer-like structure of repeating units similar to nucleic acids. In RNA and DNA, the sequence of those units is essential for carrying information, allowing those molecules to store and transmit the code of life. But HUD's molecule uses only two chemical letters, compared with RNA's four, and the repeating units can easily come apart. That means it doesn't have the informational content of RNA, an essential characteristic of life. Proponents of the traditional RNA world hypothesis say that moving from an RNA precursor like HUD's to RNA itself still represents an incredible challenge, possibly as daunting as making RNA from scratch. If these molecules were successful enough to launch the origins of life, where are they now? To me, the proto-RNA idea raises more questions than it answers, said John Sutherland, a chemist at the LMRC Laboratory of Molecular Biology in Cambridge, England. Nevertheless, he described HUD's work as elegant and well done. If it's too difficult for RNA to assemble chemically, how can a primitive biology invent RNA? In the modern cell, cooking up an RNA molecule is a complex process involving multiple enzymes that link a ribose sugar to one of four nucleobases and a phosphate, which provides the backbone of the structure. The nucleobases come in four flavors, guanine, adenine, uracil, and cytosine. Another enzyme ties together repeating units of each of these three components into the long chain of RNA. But in the prebiotic Earth, there were no enzymes, so how could the first RNA molecules have formed? According to the RNA world hypothesis, RNA spontaneously came together through geochemical processes. Scientists studying the origins of life have spent the past 40 years trying to figure out exactly how this could have happened, analyzing the likely chemical components of early Earth and devising chemical reactions to bring them together. 
The chemistry of making RNA is so difficult that it's hard to imagine that you could have a one-pot reaction where molecules come together and spontaneously make this complex molecule, Hud said. Scientists have been able to produce a few of these components without enzymes. In 2009, Sutherland and his collaborators showed for the first time that they could synthesize one of the basic units of RNA from scratch. They argue RNA could have formed this way in nature, but Hud and Freeland say the precise chemical conditions and steps required for the reaction would have been unlikely to occur in the chaotic chemical cauldron of prebiotic Earth. An alternative hypothesis is that RNA as we know it has undergone substantial chemical and biological evolution. The origins of life and the origin of the genetic code are no longer synonymous, said Antonio Lascano a biologist at the National Autonomous University of Mexico in Mexico City and former president of the International Society for the Study of the Origin of Life. Lascano was not involved in HUD's study. You can have a significant part of the genetic code that will be the outcome of biological evolution and a largely undescribed stage of chemical evolution. Scientists have been examining molecules with alternative bases or sugars almost since RNA was proposed as the first biological molecule in the 1960s. But this approach creates an overwhelming set of possible permutations as each of the three components, sugar, phosphate, and base, has numerous potential replacements. The chemical space becomes enormous, Hud said. It's a really big task to find out what came first. HUD's team started with the bases, looking for candidates that could form something like the traditional base pairs of RNA and DNA, in which certain bases seek each other out like lost lovers. In RNA, adenine binds only with uracil and guanine with cytosine. It's this pairing that enables the molecule's unique capacity to store information. Each molecule acts as a template for the next generation, creating a sort of mirror image of its predecessor. But HUD also wanted base pairs that, unlike traditional bases, could spontaneously assemble into long polymers. If you have a complex mixture of thousands of molecules, the chemistry relies on what reacts the fastest, HUD said. The molecules need to organize themselves. Rather than limit themselves to the four bases used in RNA, the members of HUD's team considered a library of roughly 100 structurally similar molecules. They included only those that were predicted to have existed on prebiotic Earth or in meteorites, which may have carried with them essential components of life. We're foolish if we don't think about this. Either why nature picked these four, or what nature did before picking these four, Freeland said. To try to find bases that bond like those of RNA, HUD's team started mixing chemicals under various conditions. After several years, the researchers homed in on a few promising candidates, most notably two molecules, triaminopyrimidine, or TAP, and cyanuric acid, or CA. In a 2013 paper published in the Journal of the American Chemical Society, the researchers showed that a slightly modified version of TAP and CA self-assemble in water, creating something that resembles traditional base pairs. However, rather than the conventional duo of base pairs, adenine and uracil or cytosine and guanine, 
the molecules form hexamers, or six-membered rings. The hexamers stack on top of one another, forming long polymer-like structures. They had found a chemical pairing that spontaneously assembled into a complex RNA-like arrangement. We were surprised it worked so well, Hud said. Hud's team set out to tackle the next problem in RNA assembly. How do bases attach to the ribose sugar? In another paper, the researcher showed that TAP and ribose sugar easily bond when mixed in water, creating molecules known as nucleosides. The finding was especially encouraging because this bond has been difficult to form between sugars and traditional RNA bases. When the researchers added the other base, CA, and heated the mixture, it formed into long polymers about the length of genes. It's these polymers that create the gel that excited HUD's team. I think it's an important step because it shows that the physical forces that hold genomes together today can be reproduced in the proto-world, said Frank Schmidt, a biochemist at the University of Missouri in Columbia who was not involved in the studies. He has shown that you can start with star stuff, chemicals originally produced by stars, and get something with some of the fundamental properties of RNA. The beauty of HUD's chemistry is that the assembly doesn't require an enzyme or a template. The molecules come together on their own. However, there are still important differences between HUD's polymer and RNA. These lovely properties come at the price of taking a step away from the chemistry we all know, said Michael Yaris, a molecular biologist at the University of Colorado in Boulder who was not involved in the studies. For example, unlike RNA, each molecule in the stack is linked by a relatively weak kind of bond known as a non-covalent bond. Like a set of magnetic beads that can break apart and reconnect, the structure can separate more easily than RNA, which is more similar to beads knotted on a string. That flexible structure impairs the polymer's potential to reliably store information in the sequence of bases, which makes up the code of life. Other big questions include why and how these molecules could have evolved into modern RNAs, considering that it might have been easier for the precursor molecule to maintain the status quo. Proponents of the traditional RNA world view this as a giant obstacle, but HUD disagrees. CA can be converted into uracil and TAP into guanine and adenine with only a few chemical changes, he said. His team is now exploring other candidate bases capable of forming pairs, and self-assembling with ribose sugars. The researchers are also looking at alternatives for the other components of RNA, the sugars and phosphates, as well as how to stitch together nucleosides in a way that mimics the knotted string of RNA. Even though the final result may look quite different than RNA, Hud argues that because RNA is the superior system, natural selection will favor its creation and drive its precursor to extinction. Even those who are not convinced of the proto-RNA would say it's worth exploring the possibilities. It's important to have a lot of routes to find the one that really happened, the one that's highly probable, Yaris said, adding that how far HUD's chemistry will travel along that path of probability is not yet clear. Others are looking at an even broader set of chemical alternatives. Freeland and collaborator Jim Cleaves, a chemist at the Earth Life Science Institute in Tokyo, use computational methods to examine alternative amino acids, 
which are the building blocks of proteins. Their results were published in November 2013. The team plans to do the same for the building blocks of RNA. HUD's list is just the tip of the iceberg, Freeland said. There could be tens of thousands of structures to seriously consider. You're listening to Quantum Magazine's Science Podcast with music by Poddington Bear. I'm Cynthia Banu. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org.